Hello and welcome along to the Click Technology Show, the show that talks about what's happening out there in the cutting edge world of technology today. I'm Hilary Johnson. Coming up on today's show, we talk with Gary Layden, the Launchpad Director at the National Digital Research Centre, about the 15 new digital startups that are now on the Launchpad programme. Launchpad Accelerator programme is providing up to €20,000 each in micro-seed funding for the entrepreneurs, as well as a structured 12-week programme of hands-on mentoring with executives from successful startups, multinational companies, venture capital investment and research. And we've also got Sinead Gibney, Head of Social Action at Google, joining us to tell about the recent Google Silver Surfer Awards. Some of the award winners include 70-year-old Pauline O'Connor, who was crowned the overall winner of the Google Surfer Awards, as she learned how to play computer games in order to bond with her grandchildren. And later on, I'll be telling you the latest tech and games news this week. But first, we're joined by Gary Layden, Launchpad Director at the National Digital Research Centre. Gary, you're very welcome. Thanks very much. So, tell us a bit about what the Launchpad programme is. Okay, uh, NDRC Launchpad is we're a very early stage investor in technology startups. So we invest in really great ideas um, and great teams. And over a three month period, we put them through a really rigorous commercial validation process, which just makes sure that they understand who their customer is and how they're going to scale up their business. And at the end of three months, we put them in front of a room full of investors, up to 200 investors, wow. um, to make sure that they can get the investment that they need to scale their business. Brilliant. And tell me about some of the startups that you've chosen, the, some of the 15 for this year. Okay, uh, first of all, it's really competitive to get in. So we would see mm. about 100 ideas um, that would be pitched to us. And out of those 100, we'll, we'll take 15. Um, so they're all in the digital space. So they're all um, web technologies, um, ranging from um, Tempity, which is a, a, a disruptive approach to uh, temp recruitment um, for recruiting your te uh, temporary employees, uh, through to Conquer.io, which is for casual games. Uh, it's for uh, buying behaviour to actually help uh, gamers have a greater experience in casual games. There is, I did notice, there's quite a few of the startups are actually, they're, they're really good ideas to help businesses themselves, like Stock Envy. Zendoc and Sender. Do you want to tell us a little bit about those ones? Yeah, so uh, we invest in the 15 best ideas and invariably we'll always have some business to business ideas. Uh, so Stock Envy is a great idea about crowdsourcing uh, packaging. Uh, so if you're a small producer of goods, uh, it can be quite expensive to just purchase small numbers uh, items of packaging. Um, so what Stock Envy does is it creates a marketplace where you can actually crowdsource and uh, buy larger quantities by pooling the needs of, of loads of companies. Uh, Zendoc is all around compliance documents. Um, so in, in particularly with health and safety and things like that, uh, organizations have an awful lot of paperwork to, to complete and manage and track uh, and all their employees need to have access to it. But more importantly, uh, as an employer, you need to be able to track all that documentation. Mm, yeah. So Zendoc is a really great platform for doing that. And what about Sender? Sender is a, is a great product. So we're seeing more and more uh, online accounting applications. Um, and the, I suppose the common denominator between them all is they need to send invoices to uh, suppliers and, and customers. Uh, and, and Sender actually provides a central hub so you can send your invoice from, from one application to another. Yeah, I'd say that's going to save a lot of time <laughs> and irritation for people. Um, now, one of them I spotted was Buzzoo. How does that work? Because I know the blurb says it's an innovative social music solution and, and the digital hub that connects people to music and others at social venues. 
How? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I suppose one thing about uh, Launchpad is what we do is we, we take the idea and then we break it down and we look at, at various ways of deploying that in the marketplace to understand which is the best way to scale it up. Um, initially, what they're looking at is is um, venues like pubs and cafes that might have music playing in the background, but to actually gamify that and al- allow the patrons in those establishments actually um, choose the music they want to play at the, at the time using wow. their smartphone. Um, but also doing things like battles, uh, you know, 80s versus 90s and things like that and actually just make 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 the music a bit more fun in these venues. And have you, have they've obviously approached some venues them, or have they yet? I know yeah, so they're in the very early stages but they um, part of our process would get out and talk to customers as soon as possible. Uh, so they've spoken to a number of, of live venues already and uh, uh, they'll be hopefully deploying in about six weeks time their, their first what we call a minimum viable product so which is yeah. their, their beta product. Yeah. And then... <laughs> Balls.net. How is that different to Twitter? <laughs> um, well, I think if, if, if you're familiar with um, Storyful um, and how they uh, collate videos um, mm-hmm. and, and all the social media around stories, is Balls.net is trying to do that particularly for the sports verticals. Sports, um, yeah. So J.R. Gilroy comes from News Talk. Um, he's a sports editor, so he's a huge amount of knowledge about sports. And he's just been seeing how the crowds are commentating and connecting with, with uh, sports. And he wants to harness that and actually make individuals the reporters themselves. Very good. And then Powwow, <laughs> how does this work? Is it the likes of 4OD and RT Player on tablets and laptops? No, so this it's this totally is a, this is a great platform. So, yeah. th- so this is a team of of, of animators who have a, a great animation product. Um, but more and more now, you're you're finding that uh, animators need to not just show their product on TV, but they need to show it on YouTube. Uh, there usually is a game that goes with it that goes on an iPad. Um, and so this is a platform that connects. Uh, all of those together so that if you're a content producer you can deploy your content across all these platforms in in a managed way yeah very good um what are the other ones igeo comes now comms is tell me a bit about that and what kind of companies and, and people um who'll be, who are going to be using that okay so this is a great story so linda came to us and the the, the motivation behind it was that um uh, in her local community, there was uh, a report of that horrible white van going around, and that you know suspect uh, suspected of uh, maybe looking for kids and stuff like that. And Linda said, "Well, look, there has to be a way, a quick way of getting this message out to the community." And um, so she started looking at technology, um, and what she's come up with is a platform that allows her to geographically ring fence communities and broadcast out to them in a very tight space. So using Twitter, using um, your text messages, messages and email. So get it out to people in, in, in as small an area as possible, as That's quickly as possible. such a good idea. I was actually only talking about this at the weekend with someone. Um, I heard a horrendous story about a junior search student who was found um, or well, not okay. This sounds like I'm going really bad here. It's not that bad, but it's um. She's I think it was a girl, and she got so hammered that uh she was standing up urinating on herself, and it was just like I was just like, man, there's no point in putting out all these that you know drink aware ads. What people need to do is put out advertisements ad like aimed at parents and older people in the community who are like look after the junior search students they're going to be going out getting drunk they're going to be doing this kind of stuff people need to be able to so that that sounds like yeah that's gonna be something that's really and there's, there's the community, other practical yeah. reasons as well is the, you know flood warnings and things well, like yeah, that and, and even yeah. just traffic updates but just broadcasting it to a very small uh, restricted area just for the area that mm-hmm. that affects so the likes of the insurance companies and aa they're talking to those about how they could use right. the platform 
that's very interesting yeah now how did you choose who the 15 were like I, I know you said the competition is intense for it but how did you go about actually saying okay going to go with these 15. Okay. Well, what we do is we go through a, a competitive pitching process. So we would see over 100 teams come pitch to us. So we would be pretty much locked up in a room for two weeks and wow. every 20 minutes another team comes in and pitches to us. Uh, so there's a panel of four people that, that would choose it. Um, we have a scoring system uh, and this is our sixth launch pad now that we've we've run and we've seen over the six that the quality of the scores is going up and up and up as we go along. Great. And what other kind of work does the NDRC do there? I know I kind of I don't know where I must have got an email or something recently about this, but you've got an open mic idea jams. You run nights like this. Um, do you want to tell me a bit about those? Yeah. So we've three core uh, programs. Um, so we're all about digital ideas and commercialising them. Um, so Inventorium is one of our programs, and th they're running the open mic ideas. Uh, so that's a, if you've got an idea, come along to to one of our venues. Um, we're holding it in the Stag's Head, I think, uh, tomorrow night. Um, Neary's Pub tomorrow Neary's night. Pub tomorrow night. <laughs> Stag's um, Head on the 16th. On the 16th. Um, and what it is, is just come pitch your idea to an audience of people who are really interested in giving you feedback. It'll give you the confidence of actually standing up there and getting feedback. So we really believe that you shouldn't hold on to an idea you need to get it out there and talk to other people and the minute you do it'll take on a life of its own so it's really important to have those events um, we also run a Swequity program through Inventorium where if you have a really good idea but you don't have the team who can actually build that is that we'll create teams full of coders, designers and, and marketing people who oh, can actually good. work with you to bring your idea forward. Yeah. And the way they, the reason we call it Sweatquity is that those teams do it for sweat equity. So they do it for a, a small percentage of your company, up to about 10% of your company. Um, so over a five week period, you'll move your idea from being just an idea to something that's much more tangible and hopefully you can get investment. It's amazing. It's such a it's it's such what we need in this country at the moment. Like because there's so much investment has been put into educating, you know, college graduates um, in terms of the IT sector, and they just seem to be going abroad. And you know, we we have the the capabilities here. Yeah, too. it's really interesting because um, at our investor day, we bring in international investors to see the ideas, and the feedback from the international investors is, you know, the ideas coming out of Ireland are as good, if not better, than any of the ones they've seen internationally. So yeah. I think it is really important, not just to to invest in the the the, the science and the and the technical skills, but also the entrepreneurial skills. So they know how to turn those ideas into a business. Yeah, and I assume this will be happening uh, next year again. How can people apply for the programme? Because I, I, there, there's probably quite a few people out there listening to the show who might have very good ideas and would need the help of the Launchpad programme. Well, we're actually running a Sweatquity programme in November. November. Um, so if you go to ndrc.ie, all the, the details will be on the website. And the next Launchpad starts next February. Brilliant. Gary, thank you so much for coming on the show today and best of luck to all the startups in the Launchpad programme this year. Now let's take a look at the technology news for this week. First up is the Samsung Galaxy Note 2, which it will be officially launching in Ireland tomorrow, October 9th. And that'll see a 5.55 inch Super AMOLED display. That's 1280 by 720p resolution for anyone who doesn't know what that means. So it is, of course, a HD display. It will also feature an 8 megapixel camera at LED flash and a 1.9 megapixel front face camera which will presumably be not only intended or would sorry will only be used used for Skype and video chat. It's got a 1.6 gigahertz quad core processor so it's going to be super fast and runs the latest version of Android Jellybean Android 4.1. 
Like the Samsung Galaxy Note 10.1, the new Note 2 will also have the S Pen incorporated into the chassis, which can be a really nice feature for people who like the precision of, of a pen nib. And it's good for handwriting, although most of us, to be honest, are used to touchscreen now. So I guess that's a little bit of a personal preference for people. Now, turning things to Apple, there is an Apple event on the horizon. Invitations to Apple's next big event, um, announcing what we reckon is going to be the highly rumoured um, iPad mini. Uh, invites for that will be sent out on October 10th. The event will follow a week later on October 17th, with the launch of the device coming shortly after on November 2nd. Leaked photos of the pint-sized tablet show a 7.85-inch device with aluminium back casing, similar to the current iPad, a rear-facing camera and Apple's new lightning connector. But I guess we'll have to wait and see what Apple actually turn in the 17th because who knows, it might not be the iPad mini at all. Although rumours are abounding across the interweb, so I'd say place your bets now if I were you. Now there's kind of another pretty quirky cool story coming up here now. A 12-year-old Jordan Casey has won an Android app deal with South American ad firm Fabrica Brazil. The 12-year-old Irish coder and entrepreneur Jordan Casey has proven once again that you can never be too young to run an export business after winning a deal to produce an Android app for Brazilian ad firm Fabrica. Jordan's first game, Alien Ball versus Humans, went on sale on the Apple App Store in February for the iPad and iPhone, making him one of the youngest iOS developers in the world. Jordan explained that while while he was at Cannes, a representative for Fabrica Brazil asked him, would he be interested in doing projects? He said he was gobsmacked when Fabrica subsequently got in touch and asked him to develop an Android game for them. The game, Save the Day, will go live on Fabrica's website on the 12th of October to mark International Children's Day in Brazil, which is a very nice story. Apple again are hitting the headlines, this time with their latest malfunction being a purple flare to appear in photos taken with the new iPhone 5 smartphone. It's been confirmed that they have confirmed that the issue exists, but has warned users to avoid pointing the camera in the direction of bright light sources. Apple engineers have posted a support document confirming the problem exists, but suggest it is a regular problem in digital cameras. And while the iPhone 5 uses the same camera technology as the iPhone 4S, Apple reduced the size of the camera by 20% and moved to a sapphire lens cover with the iPhone 5. And in the document, Apple said most small cameras, including those in every generation of iPhone, may exist but some form of flare at the edge of the frame when capturing an image with out-of-scene light sources. This can happen when a light source is positioned at an angle, usually just outside the field of view, so that it causes a reflection off the surfaces inside the camera module and onto the camera sensor. Moving the camera slightly to change the position at which the bright light is entering the lens or shielding the lens with your hands should minimise or eliminate the, the effect. Now, there you have it. Apple have uh, given you advice on what to do there. Now, Sinead... We've got Sinead Gibney of Google's. Uh, she is head of social action at Google. She's come in to join us on the show today. And she's also got some more good news about Google's Silver Surfer Awards. Sinead, welcome to the show. Thanks a million, Hilary. Thanks so much for coming in. Now, tell us a bit about Google's Age Engage program. Well, Age Engage is our social action program and really we wanted to do something new within the area of corporate social responsibility. So one of our biggest principles is that we bring a focus to our work and we've chosen specifically to address the issue of uh, internet engagement by older people as it's such a huge social issue in this country. So Age Engage aims to look at what's happening in the area in terms of skills development for older people, identify partners that we can work with and then bring what we're good at in Google, which is scale, doing things 
things you know for, in big numbers and sustainability um, to those partners and to, and to this area of, of work um, so that's really at a, at a high level what you know what we what we aim to do and we have a number of sub programs then within that of which one of them and probably my favorite is the silver surfer awards yeah, absolutely and tell us a bit about some of the some of the award winners this year um, so the silver surfer awards it, it's a, just a wonderful event uh, really heartwarming and uh, just a great uh, day to see some of the, the ways that technology really impacts on people's lives um, this year we had a great selection of winners um, the overall silver surfer um, is Pauline O'Connor who um, as you mentioned at the at the intro there has really embraced gaming as a way to uh, to, to interact with her her younger uh, relatives or her grandkids um, and it's just a wonderful example, you know, of how technology can impact people's lives and bring people together. Some of the other winners, we had Dermot Perry from um, from Harold's Cross, who... His story is, is fantastic. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And he's just a wonderful guy. I, I mean, obviously, I had a chance to meet all of the winners and all the nominees uh, on Tuesday last. And really, yeah, I mean, he's, he's overcome uh, difficulties. And that's what the, this category is about, the dedicated IT learner, is about people who've overcome obstacles and difficulties to, and still managed to embrace technology. Mm. So Dermot suffers from motor neuron disease um, and has lost uh, the power of his arms to use technology. So he uses a, a very large rollerball and um, keypad to uh, use a computer with his feet. Um, and he's able to Skype people and, um, you know, yeah. do all of the things that we do and enjoy technology to bring him, you know, closer to those around him. He's in the, the hospice in, in uh, our latest hospice in Harold's Cross, which is obviously a wonderful organisation and gives him the support he needs. But this means he doesn't have to lose contact with with yeah. the people in his life you know absolutely and i see he's also interested in is is it developing computer applications as well i read that on the um yeah i can't can't remember the details of that bit now actually but, but uh, yeah I mean he's a very yeah. advanced user and that's the thing we find is that um, that many of these people really do get to, to great lengths I mean we want to celebrate uh, you know the people who do the, the you know the very advanced stuff but also the people who do the basic stuff as well but Dermot would be an example and actually most of our winners this year would have been quite advanced users and was it Google who provided him with a tablet PC was it uh, so all of the winners received yeah. Chromebooks actually this oh, year. Right, cool. So yeah, yeah, right. and we find actually that I mean, you know, we have a number of different programs, and and Chromebooks seem to be a real hit with this age group. Um, tablet PCs obviously are as well, but only for a certain percentage of of the older audience. Um, but the Chromebooks are, you know, a very for beginner users, I think they're particularly powerful because you don't have to go through the uh, the same computer kind of lessons as you do. You really just skip, skip straight to the internet. So I think that can be, um, uh, you know, a few obstacles out of the way for some people. Yeah, they don't need all the kind of the bloatware and everything. And um, John O'Keefe is another great story. <laughs> yeah, so uh, John was our, our winner from Carlo who won the IT Tutor. And I mean, the IT Tutor Award is a very diverse category. Last year, we had a, a teenager, one who was teaching her her grandmother but this year uh, John himself is you know has is a, is a recent uh, convert to technology but immediately saw how members of his community especially the older people could benefit from uh, from you know developing their their IT skills um, so he's really just gone above and beyond and just and brought technology to so many people's lives and that's another thing that we really look out for is those who've impacted you know not just their own lives but yeah. those around them as well so yeah another wonderful story and he's an absolute gent is it yeah I tell you I have quite a few people I could send along to his classes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my parents included although to be fair they're getting better at it but um, is that something which you, you guys which you think Google could probably push out across the, nationwide across the country and actually like organise classes 
um, for older people? Do you think it's something that you yeah. might work with John to? Well, to what push we out? do, what we're trying to do really is find. I mean, at the end of the first year working in this space, we kind of sat down and said, okay, well, what are the truths? What are the things that we absolutely know now after getting our hands dirty and understanding the challenges a bit more? And one of them is that th within this age group, people really do need a one-to-one, face-to-face introduction to technology. They just mm. don't really seem to adapt very well unless they get that. Um, so when we go back to what we're trying to do, which is bring scale and sustainability, we're trying to do that within that model, which is obviously a much more challenging uh, piece. So uh, what we're trying to do really is, is is find ways that people can maintain that one-to-one -one interaction but do it uh, you know to a larger audience so for example last november we launched getyourfolksonline.ie because the family unit is actually right. one one place that we want to tap into and although everyone seems to have um you know everyone chuckles when you talk about the experience of passing on technology skills to the older people in your own lives and <laughs> and people tend to have <laughs> negative experiences of it yeah. but actually if we if we were to unlock that if we were to really change change people's perceptions about that and their behavior around it you would find a scalable solution to this issue and it's funny because i mean you know we have uh, the the inspiration for getcha folks online came after our first big event in in google where we had 200 people come through the building over the course of one week and they all had three hours with a google volunteer and the kind of words they used were you know that the google volunteers were respectful and tolerant and patient <laughs> um, and these are words that we just simply wouldn't apply to the experience that most people have teaching their folks and yet afterwards people started coming to me and asking me you know when's the next event when can I bring my folks in so we decided actually this is a really interesting problem and it's an interesting challenge that we want to tackle and there are a few things that you can do that make it a completely different experience so for example people tend to teach their parents when in a reactive fashion when they've come across an obstacle or a hurdle or an issue but if you treat it in a much more proactive way you'll immediately have a more positive learning experience uh, my own background is from learning and development anyway before I moved into this space so you know I mean from a, a you know pedagogical point of view the science of learning um, it, that really is the first you know uh, rule golden rule is to you know do it in a very proactive way make no assumptions about your learner and that's another trap that people fall into is for example you know your maybe your mum uses gmail but she probably didn't set up her account herself she might not be able to troubleshoot it if she got locked out she's probably only using a fraction of the functionality that she could use so people make those assumptions and again if you really start to understand where your your learner is at you're going to get a lot further with that experience so get your folks online.ie is the website that people can go to if they want to, uh, you know, enjoy that experience of, of teaching an older person within their own, you know, family. Yeah, because it's very difficult to like, it's just, there's just a block, isn't there? Yeah. It's kind of, it's just a fear. And it's funny because you even, know. I mean, obviously, I, I, this is, I, I live, I live and breathe this and, and even amongst my own friends when I'm telling them about Get Your Folks Online and um, and the concept behind it people were like oh yeah I must send that link to my mum and I'm like no sit down with her and do it <laughs> this is not for your mum it's for you to really open it up because um, it, it's a wonderful experience I mean we have we have a phrase in Google called dog fooding which means we, we test our own products before we put them out and um, okay. eat your own dog food is, is the idea basically that obviously you want to be you know, happy with what you're sending out. So I had to dog food my own uh, Get Your Folks Online concept. Yeah. And my parents would be very savvy. And uh, I sat down with my dad, though, and taught him about some social networking tools he hadn't used. And again, th for him, there was just a little bit of a, a lack of confidence to delve into those. And now he's up and running and he's blogging and all the rest. God, but that's impressive. Yeah, <laughs> and it was, but it was such a, a lovely experience. And it actually can be a very bonding and a very warm experience to do this. So I really would encourage people to, you know, to really rethink uh, 
uh, that they're not the exception, that everyone, you know, has the chance to do it. And again, like, it's something that I feel as a population, we can actually make an, an impact on this issue if we all take responsibility for it. So it is literally about sitting down, yeah. <laughs> painstakingly sitting down <laughs> with question after question <laughs> after I just answered that, but okay, well, that's the thing. Yeah, no. Well, that's the thing. I mean, and, and the website does a really good job of breaking down the curriculum, helping you see that, you know, it's bite-sized chunks. You have to go small, you have to repeat, um, and you have to build confidence slowly. And there are challenges that this age group face that are unique to this age group. But also, I think there's a level of savviness in terms of, you know, their consumer attitudes, for example, that I think we will all benefit from when older people get online. I'll tell you what, um, my mum, fair play to her, she's, she's some woman for... Uh, um, you know, just going ahead and doing stuff no matter how much she doesn't, she's terrified <laughs> of doing it. But she buys online like there's no tomorrow. Anything, wedding gifts, anything. She's like, oh, I'll get that online. But yeah. then if I ask her to open an attachment or send me something, it's like, oh, I don't know how to do it. <laughs> like, but um, maybe I'll have to get her on to um, get your folks online, Daddy. So when is the next event of Get Your Folks Online? Or, or will you so, be hosting another so one? So we, just... we launched it last year. We've just had a, 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 a we've just um, re redone the skin on the uh, on the website to kind of respond to some of the feedback we've got over the course of the year. But it's now a standing um Resource. So um, we'll probably probably put some more publicity behind it around Christmas time because, again, that's a time when we find people have a little bit of time to sit down with their folks and, and enjoy this experience. And just back to the, the Silver Surfer Awards, how can people nominate, say, families, members, or, or when is the, the next event to be run next year? Will it so, yeah, it'll be running then? again next year and the, there's normally about three months of a nomination period. So we have the launch event in June or July and then the, uh, uh, the awards themselves are always in Positive Aging Week, which is at the end of September, beginning of October. So you'll see plenty more publicity around it next summer. Brilliant stuff. Sinead, thank you so much for coming on the thank show you. today. It's, it's really great to hear stories like these happening around the country and seeing technology actually benefit all age groups because that's what it's there for, you know. Um, now, this week in the games world sees the release of Dishonored. Dishonored gives you a beautiful, fascinating new world to explore and then makes it your playground for grand misdeeds. It's a story of political intrigue and betrayal. It's a story which is told at exactly the right pace, balancing information with action in a way that keeps you interested but not overloaded. It's a single-player game in the era of multiplayer-driven platforms. It's set in a Victorian-era-infused oil punk fiction because there's whale oil involved in it with a stylized, painted, exaggerated look and the focus isn't on guns but rather on movement and strategy. In Dishonored you play as Corvo, former bodyguard to the Empress and unjustly accused of her death. Shortly before you're due to be executed, loyalist forces help you escape and set you on the path to restore the Empress's daughter Emily to the throne. It takes place from a first person perspective but Dishonored isn't a shooter as such. Instead, the focus here is on stealth as I said. Um, now Dishonored is out on PS3, Xbox and PS on the 12th. Another, another title out on October 12th for PS3, Xbox and PC is Of Orcs and Men. Here you play as an elite orc soldier from the legendary Legion of Blood Jaws, a league of warriors deeply involved in the war opposing the orcs and goblins on one side to their persecutors, humankind. As a veteran warrior who has seen the most brutal of battles, you are appointed by the orc commander to complete a mission that could change the course of the war. Kill the one man responsible for all the bloodshed, the one who has for years exhorted the human masses to loathe and fight the green scheme skinned people the emperor himself and if you thought your wallet hadn't got enough of a bashing this Friday with those two titles out on October 12th see there is another title being released to look forward to uh, Fable the Journey but this is only for Connect so I guess that might be some sort of a saving grace for people 
Fable the Journey is set 50 years after the event of Fable, the events of Fable 3. You're a normal dweller named Gabriel who has been separated from his tribe. Gabriel comes across Theresa who has been wounded by a darkness called the Corruption. The Corruption is taking over Albion and Gabriel must must take her to the Spire to restore her power. The game takes place throughout large portions of Albion. The events of Fable 3 are still felt during Fable the Journey and according to developers, Fable of the Journey will read previous Fable 3 save files and change the game world accordingly. Details about loading these saves remain unclear. Now, we want to like Fable. It's a unique take on the established series that retains the franchise's artistic charm whilst trying a left-field idea with Connect. But will it work in the end? Well, we, we hope so. Personally, I love, the, I love Connect, so I'm happy to see more non-exercise titles coming out on that platform. Well, that's it for this week on the Click Technology Show. I hope you guys all enjoyed the show. But before I go, I've got a little competition for you all out there. I've got one of Sony's latest smartphones to give away, the Sony Xperia P. This stylish little creature has got a four-inch reality display powered by Sony Mobile Bravia Engine. It debuts White Magic Display Technology, which gives an ultra-bright and power-efficient viewing experience. It's got a one gigahertz dual-core processor with 16 gigabytes of flash storage, an eight-megapixel camera with fast capture, HD recording, and Sony technology to capture. 2D and 3D panoramic images. It also boasts HDMI and DLNA connectivity, NFC and runs ICS, Android 4.0 ice cream sandwich. So if you want to win yourself a lovely little Xperia P, then just log on to www.clickonline.com forward slash competitions and enter by answering this simple question. What did Sony Mobile used to be called? Was it A, Sony Ericsson or B, Sony Maloney? Just said to clickonline.com forward slash competitions to enter and hopefully you could be winning yourself a shiny new Sony Xperia P. That's it from me for this week. Tune in at the same time next week for more technology news with a smattering of games too on the Click Technology Show. Now go have yourselves a lovely afternoon. I'm Hilary Johnson and you're listening to 103.2 Dublin City FM.